0: Hello everyone, and welcome to the January 27th edition of WorkComp Academy Weekly News. I'm David Jimenez, a partner with Floyd, Scarron & Kelly. Thanks for joining us today. Let's get started with our weekly news. Four men have been arraigned and charged with a fraud scheme bilking several insurance companies and several self-insured employers out of more than $36 million dollars. 39-year-old Jeffrey Edward Campu from Yorba Linda, 62-year-old Abraham Korshad from Beverly Hills, and 38-year-old Landon Allen Milagro, also from Yorba Linda, are charged with 22 felony counts of submitting multiple fraudulent claims, 22 felony counts of manufacturing documents in support of a fraudulent claim, one felony count of conspiracy, and sentencing enhancements for aggravated white-collar crimes. If convicted, on all counts, they each face a maximum sentence of 53 years in prison. The defendants are out of custody on $1.5 million in bail. The trio are accused of forming a durable medical equipment company named Aspen Medical Resources, a company well-known in California workers' compensation. Authorities claim... They rented out a DME machine similar in function to an ice pack or heating pad which provided both hot and cold modalities to alleviate inflammation and pain. They're accused of overbilling insurance carriers for this DME product in two ways. They charged for rental of one machine as two separate hot and cold machines and for renting the units which were valued at less than $500 for as much as $17,500 per patient. The three are accused of submitting hundreds of claims to the State Compensation Insurance Fund, Liberty Mutual, AIG, otherwise known as Chartist, Zenith Insurance, Berkshire Hathaway, Homestead Companies, County of Orange, County of San Bernardino, County of Riverside, American Claims Management, First Comp Insurance, CNA Insurance, CompWest Insurance, Employers Insurance, Farmers Insurance, State Farm, Fireman's Fund, Tristar, Gallagher-Bassett, Republic, Century, and Travelers. They are also accused of billing under other company names such as National DME and Abraxas OrthoCare. They allegedly use different addresses and different employment tax identification numbers for each of these companies in order to give the appearance that these companies were different companies and not Aspen. The Orange County District Attorney's Office seized all assets of the companies which are now under receivership. 50-year-old Robert Daniel Castillo of Vacaville was sentenced in federal court to one year and one day in prison for workers' compensation and disability benefits fraud. Castillo was also ordered to pay nearly $140,000 in restitution. Court documents say that while working for the US Postal Service in Fresno, Castillo claimed that he had injured his lower back and submitted a claim for workers' compensation benefits. Castillo received federal workers' compensation benefits for more than 10 years. He also received Social Security Disability and veterans' benefits based on claims of 100% disability. Altogether, Castillo received more than $6,000 a month based on his claimed disability, but he was observed playing basketball and softball, driving, shopping, washing a boat, performing yard work, and performing volunteer work. At doctor's appointments and meetings with officials from the Department of Labor and Social Security, Castillo claimed an inability to do all of these things. A federal grand jury indicted Castillo last July and he pleaded guilty to theft of United States property and false statements made to the government. This case was the product of an investigation by the United States Postal Service and the Social Security Administration. In 2009, A website began tracking the top 10 annual workers' compensation fraud cases in the nation by the amount of money involved. All the top 10 between 2009 and 2012 involved employers or characters posing as legitimate businesses. But last year, finally, one California employee fraud case did crack the top 10 list. Also. This year, California has the distinction of having four out of the top ten fraud cases in the nation. Number one. Florida. Owners of Diaz supermarkets in Miami-Dade are accused of $35 million in premium fraud. John Diaz and his wife, Mercedes Avila Diaz, owned and operated four supermarkets in the Miami-Dade area. Number two. California Hanford farm labor contractor Richard Escamilla, Jr., owner of ROC Harvesting, was convicted of premium fraud in the amount of about $4 million. He misrepresented information to workers' compensation insurance carriers by using new business names to obtain insurance and avoid providing a claim history. Number three, Michigan. 67-year-old Jerry Stage, the former CEO of a nonprofit workers' compensation insurance company, and 55-year-old George Bauer, the bookkeeper, pleaded guilty to embezzling $2.6 million from the Compensation Advisory Organization of Michigan for more than a decade. Number four. California. 35-year-old Yolandi Krummel claimed for nine years that she was wheelchair-bound after complications from toe surgery. But after she'd collected $1.5 million in benefits, it was revealed her claim was false. Number five was also in California. Father and son landscapers, 57-year-old Jesse Garcia Contreras and 33-year-old Carlos Contreras, who operate a thousand palms landscaping businesses, are accused are accused of committing $1.45 million in insurance premium fraud. Number six, Florida. INT Financial Services LLC was a company allegedly set up to execute a large scale check cashing scheme for the purpose of evading the cost of workers' compensation coverage of about $1 million. Number seven, California and North Carolina, a cleaning company owner, was convicted of underreporting payroll and ordered to pay nearly $900,000 on August 3, 2013. The president of Awesome Products, a cleaning company in California, was convicted and sentenced for underreporting his payroll resulting in a premium loss of nearly $900,000. And number eight, West Virginia. 50 year old Jerame Russell, an executive with Aracoma Contracting, a company that provided labor to coal companies on a contract basis, was charged in a $405,000 scam to avoid workers' compensation premiums. Number nine, Ohio. Roofing business owners of Triple Star Roofing were found guilty of about $280,000 in workers' compensation payroll fraud. And finally, number 10, Florida. The owner of Preferred Staffing of America Incorporated, a temporary staffing agency in Tampa, was arrested for $130,000 in workers' compensation premium fraud. There you have it. The top 10 workers' compensation fraudsters for 2013. Medical, auto, and workers' compensation fraud are at the forefront of the National Insurance Crime Bureau focus on insurance fraud trends in 2014. The Crime Bureau claims that the medical and workers' compensation business is where most of the fraud occurs today. Officials say the scheme is the same as it's always been in workers' compensation, continuing treatment without really needing it. Medical fraud is such a huge business that the NICB established major medical fraud task forces around the country starting in 2002. There will be eight by the end of the year with the latest one in Chicago. Each unit will focus strictly on the medical component of the auto and workers compensation side, and we'll look at some of the fraud schemes that are being perpetrated particularly in states where there's no-fault personal injury protection coverage known as PIP. Staged accidents are a big problem with PIP states, where there is typically a huge industry of organized crime involving cappers, runners, doctors, chiropractors, physical therapists, and lawyers. Medical fraud in Florida became so pervasive, the state began a major crackdown initiative in 2012. Because of the Florida crackdown, some of the perpetrators are moving their operations or expanding them into other states. One of the common auto scams is the crash and buy scenario. A person has an accident but doesn't have the insurance or the right coverage. So they purchase insurance and then wait a day or two and submit a claim saying the accident happened after they bought the policy. This is very similar to the hit well parked claim where the insured has an accident, but they do not have the right coverage. They parked their car somewhere and say that someone had hit it and left and and they filed a claim. Law enforcement is also seeing an uptick in organized criminal rings that are sophisticated enough to switch vehicle identification numbers in order to export cars illegally. A major organized crime ring was apprehended in Los Angeles as they attempted to export stolen cars to other countries. And in regulatory news, the DWC audit unit has posted on its website the form claims administrators can use for the required 2014 annual report of inventory along with instructions for claims administrators. Regulations 10104 requires claims administrators to file an annual report of inventory indicating the number of claims reported at each adjusting location for the preceding calendar year. The report must be filed with the DWC administrative director by April 1st of the following year. The report must be completed and submitted to the DWC Audit Unit even if there were no claims reported in a prior year. A claims administrator's obligation to submit an ARI can be waived if the AD determines that they are in compliance with the electronic data reporting requirements of the Worker's Compensation Information System. When ARI requirements are waived, claims administrators must file an annual report of adjusting locations. The DWC has provided a form for this purpose. Claims administrators are also required to report any change in the information reported in the ARI or annual report of adjusting location within 45 days of the effective date of the change. The WCIRB launched classification search It's an online tool to help users search for and find the right standard classification based on keywords or industry groups. The tool includes other useful features including the pure premium rate history for each classification, classification phraseologies sorted numerically or alphabetically, and classification listings by industry group or other classification attributes. Classification search is available in the Learning Center section of the WCIRB's website and is accessible by both desktop and mobile browsers. Classification search allows users to do a full-text search across all standard classifications or by industry group. Questions about classifications and which classifications apply to a business are the number one reason that people call the WCIRB Customer Service Department. This tool is the latest addition to the online resources created to give insurers, agents, brokers, and employers easy and effective access to the information they need. The DWC is now accepting applications for the Qualified Medical Evaluator Examination set for Saturday, April 12th. The application and exam packet can be downloaded from the DWC website. The deadline for filing the exam applications is February 27th. In Northern California, the examination will be held at the Southern San Francisco Conference Center, 255 South Airport Boulevard in San Francisco. The Southern California examination will be at the Irvine Marriott Hotel, 18000, Von Carmen Avenue in Irvine. For more information, please contact Joanne Van Ram at 510-628-2004 or Francine Woolley at 510-628-2038. One person was seriously injured and another was hurt this month in an explosion in a flammable liquids cabinet in a third floor laboratory at biotech firm Amgen's South San Francisco lab facility. Officials do not know what caused the dangerous mixture to explode, but the cabinet in which the explosion occurred was knocked over from the force and windows on the third floor were also blown out. At least one of the chemicals involved was ether. All buildings in the complex, in addition to the Amgen building, were evacuated as a precaution. Decontamination tents were set up for employees who may have been affected by chemicals or toxins that spread after the explosion. The incident was the second to injure a worker in the facility in the last year. In May, a worker for a waste disposal company was seriously burned while collecting waste at the facility. According to Cal OSHA, Amgen and two other businesses received serious citations for the May incident. Fires and explosions at pharma manufacturing facilities are not unusual, but there are few reports of events at research facilities. An explosion in 2012 at a Tiva Pharmaceutical Industries plant in Croatia killed four workers and injured 17 others. A fire in a boiler room at a Sandoz plant in Brocherville, Quebec did not cause injuries. but exacerbated a shortage of one of the products made at that Novartis plant. Thousand Oaks based Amgen is one of the world's largest drug makers, producer of popular osteoporosis drug Prolia and rheumatoid arthritis medication, Enbrel. Well, that's all of our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our news and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our weekly news podcast and special reports using your iPhone, iPad, iPod, or Android device by searching for the Work Comp Academy with your podcast software. Again, I'm David Jimenez, a partner with Floyd, Scarn & Kelly. Thanks for joining us today, and drop by again next week for more news.